Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 11th chapter. Jesus spoke to the crowd, saying, To what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to one another. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We wailed, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls." For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Ron, for that song. It is good as we move on past this Independence Day to celebrate the amazing gift we've been given in our freedom and the call to continue to live and strive for justice and peace for all, that God will mend our every flaw. We come to some contrasts today. Some of you might not have been here last week, but last week we heard in Romans 6 that we are free from sin. And yet now today, in Romans 7, we hear that yet not so fast. We still have another law at work in us, and sin still dwells in us, getting us to do what we don't want to do. Right there, you can see it. There's another law waging war. And in Romans 6, like we heard, we're set free from sin. Jonathan did a beautiful job with that last week. What a gift that we are connected to Christ in baptism. Before this passage, Paul has said that we are united with Christ in a death like his, and we now live a new life, which, of course, if we live a new life, we will be raised like Christ was raised Death has lost its sting in our lives. So we are saint, and yet Romans 7 comes around and says, yeah, but we are also still sinners. Interesting. And then Jesus says something really interesting too. He says that his yoke is easy, his burden light. That is strange, isn't it? How can that be? 
So we've got two kind of contrasting things, two issues that I'm going to resolve for you today. Or I'm at least going to talk about them. We're going to delve into them. So we'll start with Romans 6 and 7. Luther talked about this as the two yous, or the two, we have two natures now that are vying for um, our energy in our life. In baptism, we've got a new nature implanted in us. That's Christ in us, and yet the old still hangs on. And so I thought I'd, we'd put these up there and just contrast them and compare them, how they work. What we're talking about here is anthropology, how you understand the human being. And since we had a little, we're still doing a little Fourth of July stuff, I wasn't even going to say this today, but I've got time. <laughs> I think part of the genius of our country and our Constitution is that it knows that the old you is what needs to be dealt with. The old you is always going to take whatever power you've got and use it for selfish gain. So the wise thing to do is have separation of powers. Don't give the executive branch too much power because that branch will start to use it. Or Congress, and then you got the Supreme Court. So we got all these vying for, you know, control. And the founders were wise enough to know human nature. So anyway, that's the part I wasn't going to say today. But anyway, that's, that's why our government doesn't work but does work. Okay? It was designed that way. <laughs> All right. I can say, I'm, okay, I'll just give the Holy Spirit credit for that one because I wasn't going to say anything about that. I usually don't. Anyway, like I say, it's the summer and, you know, let's just have a party here. Let's go. All right. So... Let's get back to the old you and the new you, just so you can understand. So if you have these two natures in you, you need to kind of be aware like, and recognize. So the old is our sinful nature, our turned inwardness. Wait, don't go down yet. Too, too far there. And our new is what was given to us in baptism. It's created in baptism. It was implanted, imputed Christ in us. We are in Christ. Christ is in us. And that's what's given as we receive the words, the benefit of Christ. Paul says, I mean, I bless our folks who think that baptism is just a, our human decision for God. Um, bless them. I appreciate that commitment. But the New Testament says a lot more radical, amazing things about baptism than that. And Paul in Romans 6 says that we are connected to Christ. God does something in the waters of baptism, not through ordinary water, but yes, taking ordinary water and putting his word with it then accomplishes that in us. So we have a new nature now. Yes, we were born with our old nature, but now we have been given a new nature in baptism. Well, so our old nature is our evil desire. Now, Paul will use the word flesh for this, and Christians get this mixed up a lot of times because they think that's our bodily needs, desires, etc. It might include those, but flesh for Paul is what's right below that, being turned inward. 
In Latin, we, you say it this way, incurvatus se. It just sounds cool. Um, it's being turned inward. So, and in our um, Lutheran confessions, we use the word uh, concupiscence. Um, which, again, means to see everyone and everything in life as to how it's going to be- benefit you. That's, you might even be a really lovely, wonderful person on the outside, but you're doing that because it's helping you. Okay, so, so this old nature influences everything of who we are. It's, it's there. Um, and, but now we have a new part of us, the mind of Christ, which is not enslaved to sin, which is um, free and serves, doesn't even know when it does the right thing because it just does the right thing. That is the mind, the being of Christ in us. Now the old wants to look at how we feel and what we see. That's reality, the old self. So the old self will say, look at you, and, and in our own self-talk, and say, well, look what you did today. You're no Christian. The old self will say, what'd you get out of that church service today? You know, how are you different now than before? You know, how are you feeling were you, I always remember the pastor who was going to be really creative and gave everybody a, a red balloon on Pentecost Sunday, you know. And when you felt the Spirit, you were supposed to let go of your balloon. It's filled with helium. End of the service, pretty much everybody still had their balloon. Because <laughs> see, the old self says, well, do you feel different? Do you look different? See, the old self wants to see those results and wants to, you know, that's, that's what the old self trusts is how you feel, what you see. Now, let's not get this wrong. How you feel is great. Sometimes you do come to church and you are just lifted up and you're, it's beautiful and you, you know, that's awesome. I'm not saying that's bad, but do you trust that? Is that the ultimate defining thing in reality? And what you see, is that what's ultimately the defining thing? But actually, the new self trusts in what you hear said about you. Do you trust that above all else? In this baptism over here, You are defined as a child of God. You are sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever. That's what was said to you. The old self says, oh, well, you were just a baby. You don't even remember it, so what does it matter? You didn't do anything to create it, accomplish it. It didn't do anything in your life. See? That's foolish. But the new self trusts what God says about you. You're my child. I love you. You are forgiven. A lot of times we say, we, you heard the absolution today. Did you go, hopefully some of you might have been like, oh, wow, I needed that. Some of you it went, but you're still forgiven because God said it. See, the, the new you trusts in God's word and what God promises. I could have probably put another one up there. The old you is really into your gray cells. The old you wants to 
understand everything and think it through. Now again, is that bad? No. I went to college. I went to graduate school. I, I sit and read books all day about theology and all this stuff. That's not bad, but I don't trust my thoughts above what God says. I don't trust my inability to wrap my head around things. And I love how the scripture in Job, remember Job is, you know, dueling it out with God and how come all this bad stuff is happening? And God says, hey, Job, where were you when I created the world? When I flung all those galaxies into their place and I did all of this. And, you know, in other words, my ways are higher than your ways. And so we have to have humility to believe that. And yes, so use your brain, think, wrestle. It's beautiful. It's a wonderful gift. But don't trust that above what God says to you, which was confirmed and brought to you in the event of Christ Jesus. So the old you wants to figure it out and, and be really, here's where it comes down to, the old you wants to be in charge. Now, the new you is Christ. And what mind did he have? In Philippians it says he didn't count equality with God as something to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant. The, old, the new you just does that. That's the mind of Christ. So, Here's the really great news. That old you has no future now. I mean, it's a, it's a tough analogy, but I need to use it. I mean, I think about the people, you know, when people are on death row, what are they, they I mean, there was a movie about this called Dead Men Walking, because they're going to die. Now, I'm not going to go into that whole subject, but... Our old you is a dead man, a dead woman walking. When we die, that old you will be put to death forever. So it has no future. It has a present. That's what Paul says in Romans 7. It keeps at us, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But the new you will live on in eternity with God in Christ, in the new heaven, in the new earth. So the new you has a future. The old you is just hanging on until... We're with the Lord, and it's no more. So here's a way you can identify, and you know when it's the old you talking versus the new you. The old you trusts in your work and in your accomplishments and is very much prideful in your accomplishments. Here's the deal. Here's the ultimate way I see this happening, whether it's in a marriage or in a friendship or whatever or in your caregiving or whatever. The old you keeps score. The old you keeps a tally. That, you know it's the old you when you're keeping score. <laughs> yeah. Because then the old you can say, look, I did it. You did it. <laughs> the new you doesn't keep, doesn't keep score. In fact, the new you has no basis to boast whatsoever than in Christ. Everything of who I am, my righteousness, my goodness, is all Christ in me. Paul will say this, I count all of the things I did, all of that, as garbage. Compared to the surpassing knowledge of Christ Jesus. So that's the old and the new you. 
That's what you have now. And before we go on, well, let's go on to the next one, in fact. So what are we about doing here in the body of Christ? What is why you're here, if you didn't know it, is you want to let God's Word continue to come into your ears, give life to the new, and put to death the old. See, the old you is tricky. It's tricky. It's insidious. Man, it's... The old you wants you to turn... See, people think the old you is selfish. It doesn't want to come to church. The old you is fine with coming to church. Because the old you just say, look, look what you did. You're good. Hey, look what you put in that offering plate. Way to go. Good job. You're fine. See, the old you wants to turn everything in on yourself. And so you come here not to kind of build yourself up on this ladder. And so then, gosh, the old you, you know what the old you can do? The old you can say, (laughs) I'm so much better than those other people who aren't here today. I come to church every Sunday, but they only come like four times a year. See how it works? No, but listen, you come here to have that put to death <laughs> through word and sacrament as you, re- you heard the absolution today. The best way to get rid of the old is not to come up with some new laws and, you know, I'm going to improve, I'm going to work harder. The old you is to get on your knees. The best way to kill the old you is to get on your knees and remember that, that baptism and come to this table to hear the absolution. You know, by the way, you hear the absolution like five different ways in this service. <laughs> And that's what gives life to the new. And then the good stuff just starts to flow out of you. I always hear this question, and Paul has to deal with it in Romans 6. Oh, well, if it's that easy, if it's, that's great. Well, why don't we just sin all the more? You see, that's what the old you wants to ask. The new you doesn't ask that question. The new you just gets at it. Yeah. So now, let's think about, if we go back to the, the next one there, Dave, Let's think about the gospel reading, and we'll finish up this way. I can't believe it's already five after. I could go on for... Just to help you, let's read the gospel. Um, I'm going to read it. We'll, I want to keep those up there for you. Let me read the gospel and just talk briefly about how the old and the new hear this. To what shall I compare this generation? In other words, they don't listen. That's the old. See, they, they're not going to listen. They're, no, John the Baptist, Jesus, they're going to reject that. And then he says, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and revealed them to infants. There it is. You see, he's hidden them from the old, the one that wants to figure it out, the one that's got in control and in charge. And revealed it to infants. This is infants. See, infants can't do anything but receive. And then look at what he says. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to be my Father. And no one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son. And anyone whom the Son, what? Chooses to reveal him. That's, you are, the new you is elected is chosen. You didn't do anything. You didn't choose Jesus. He chose you. But the old Adam wants to say, oh, look, look what I did. No. The new you is chosen, is elected by God. And guess what? 
whenever you hear God's word preached to you, you're elected. God elects everybody. He wants everybody to know the saving work of Jesus. And then he says that, because remember I said, how can a yoke be easy and a burden light? Here it is. Come to me, all of you who are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Rest, why? Because we're under the burden of the old you who wants to, no matter what norm it is, what law it is, whether it's a new norm, an old norm, whatever rule, regulation it is, whatever expectation it is of you internally or from outside of you, that is the burden we all live under. Are you good enough? Are you successful enough? Are you perfect enough? <laughs> you know, um, What's your life look like right now? Is it, is it where you want to be? And all of these things, that burden of the law, you've been set free from because you have Christ now. That's where your rest comes from. So take my yoke upon you, Jesus says. He doesn't even share our yoke. I, I like that picture in the children's sermon, but really in truth, that's wrong. He carried it all for us. And where is his yoke? It's right there. It's right there. Because when he went to the cross, he took all of your sin upon himself. And when he was raised from the dead, he gave us his righteousness. So yeah, that burden is light. That yoke is easy. It comes from outside of us. It's given to us as a gift. And as we cherish it, we are made new. So brothers and sisters in Christ today, keep coming, keep hearing. Let God put the old to death. And that old will keep, it's with us until we die. We never get rid of it. It's always there. But thanks be to God, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's who will deliver us. Let's keep turning to him. Amen.